So I was reflecting the other day. I'm about to teach a, um, a year's worth of committed students program. Some of you are in it. Some of you may yet sign up. I don't know. Um, working with the Eightfold Path for a year. And so I've been thinking a bit about the Buddha's teachings on the Four Noble Truths, on the nature of suffering and the ending of suffering, because that's really what the Eightfold Path is about. It's part of that teaching. And as I reflected, one thing that came back into my thinking just the other day was a memory from when I had my accident this summer. And it was just a a sort of a felt sense of what it was for a period of time when I was at the emergency room in the hospital and going through all of the things, all of the stuff that they make you do, all of the scans and the monitors and the questions. and, And I was, you know, all strapped onto my backboard. I couldn't move. And um, and not in too much pain because I was still in shock, and but I was quite clear. And there was there's a, a a memory that's part of that, or part of that memory is just a sense of being completely surrendered to the situation. I didn't have much choice, mm-hmm. and completely carried, just held. I, you know, I was just going from one thing to another. I had no say in what was going on with me at that point. You know, they basically said, we're doing this, and now you're going to do this, and now we're going to take you in here. And, you know. and it was interesting to have this memory because, of course, there wasn't a lot of suffering in that moment. I was just going along. Things were what they were. So... This, when you're thinking a lot about suffering, this is kind of interesting because here I was. I'd had an automobile accident. I was in the emergency room. You think this is big-time suffering, and in a sense it was, and it got to be more suffering later on. But um, in that period of time, there wasn't a lot of suffering. So how is that that there isn't? So the Buddha, when he teaches about suffering... Suffering isn't actually the, the right word. I should back up. The word in Pali is dukkha. D-U-K-K-H-A or D-U-K-K-A, depending on whether you're being in Sanskrit, which has the H, or Pali, which doesn't. And we translate it a lot as suffering. But suffering doesn't really work in our culture. So... You can think of it as stress. That's a good word. We know a lot about stress. You can think of it as imperfection. That There's a lot of imperfection in life. That's pretty good. There's a, um, a the word in Pali, actually the derivation of it, comes from meaning a wheel being out of round. So that place where every time you hit the flat spot on the wheel, it kind of goes ka-thunk. And so your life is out of round and every you know keeps hitting the flat spot and it keeps going kathunk mine does anyway and so take your pick you can weave maybe from those but the sense that you know it's just tough out there it's not easy <laughs> like 
the memory goes through of was it Kermit the Frog in Sesame Street who says it's not easy being green mm-hmm. you know it's not easy being human is really what the Buddha is saying and he says this has different kinds of flavors to it so there's the flavor of stress of imperfection that is the stuff of having a body and being human you get sick we get old, our relationships fall apart, we get hungry, we get thirsty, all of those things that are, are hard and sometimes very hard. Um, and they're part of the territory. There isn't anybody here who doesn't struggle with one or more or all of those things. We all have them. So there's that kind of dukkha, that kind of imperfection. And then, of course, there's the huge area of, of stress that comes from where we want it to be different. And we want something other than what we have. We want, you know, we're sitting here, it's almost one o'clock, we want lunch, the room's a little chilly, we want to be warmer, the room's too hot, we want to be cooler... You want your job to be this, your relationship to be that. And we put a lot, a lot, a lot of time and energy into wanting things to be different. And then, of course, one of the things that is true is that everything, you know, the minute it arises, you know, the minute you're born, you know what's going to happen, right? Right? You're going to die. You know, everything that comes into being goes out of being. That's inherently the nature of things so there's the the stress just from impermanence just from how things are constantly shifting and changing so the understanding is that there is dukkha even in the yummiest things in life you know it's great you're having the best sex you ever had it's really fabulous and maybe you've got a really great partner, so you have this more than once. But you know, sooner or later, you're not going to have it. Or it's not going to work so well. Or some, or the partner will leave, or something. Or, you know, you've finally got the perfect house, or the perfect job, or you've got your body the way you want it, and then something happens, and it changes, and it doesn't stay in this wonderful, perfect place. So even in those really good moments, there is that seed of dukkha. And it's not, it's not, sometimes people say, oh, you know, Buddhism is so gloomy. It's all about suffering. It's all about, oh. But you know, it's also just about looking at how is it that we can be with the way it is. The way it is, not the way we want it. So the Eightfold Path, which I'm sure you'll hear a lot about because the Committed Students Group always meets on Tuesday evening, so Tuesday noon I'm sort of warming up is often what happens, um, is really looking at the Eightfold Path. And the Eightfold Path is a guide for, in a sense, being more surrendered, which was why my thinking about the emergency room. So... I've, I've talked to um, friends of mine who've been Buddhist monks over the years, and if you're a monk, you have 227 rules that govern your life. 
And they govern an enormous part of you. They govern how you stand up, how you walk, how you deal with food, how you deal with money. You don't, actually. How you wear your robes, how you use the toilet, how you wash, how you do this, how you do that. I mean, I've only said maybe 15 things in that list, and there's 227, so there's a lot. And what has been said to me, which I think is very interesting, is that there are so many rules that there are very few decisions. They're not constantly stressing out about, should I do this, should I do that? They're just kind of living their lives kind of the way I was when I was on that backboard, just kind of held by these rules. Now, I'm sure they find places to deal with dukkha, because I know that they do. But nonetheless, so the Eightfold Path is a way, it's a much smaller way, and it has fewer rules as part of it, but it does have the piece about the, the precepts, about wise speech and wise action and a wise choice of livelihood. It does have the piece about training the mind, about learning about effort and concentration. And that when we bring the structure of, of the path to our life, it teaches us how to be with all of this imperfection. And that actually brings us to the third of the noble truth, where the Buddha says, it can be okay. You don't have to be so stressed about this. There's a way that you can be with it where it's all right. So I think it's really important to consider that that each of us, you know, all of you are going to leave in a few minutes and you're going to go out to your busy lives and your work and your relationships and, and whatever dukkha you have with you today. And so to understand that there's a way to be present with that where um, it's all right, where there isn't the suffering. That's, that's where the word suffering actually is helpful in a place where we, there's so much angst about it. Um, and, and that you can be with it in a way that holds it a little more gently and allows it to be the way it is. It's really very, very good news. So it's the good news that we keep coming back to over and over again in this Buddhist world. I don't know how many times I've talked in one way or another about the Four Noble Truths. And it's actually interesting, you know, if you look at the suttas, you see that the Buddha took that basic teaching and pretty much everything else that he taught after that was sort of an elaboration of one form or another on how to be in your life so that you come to an end of suffering. So I think I'll stop there and see if there's any questions or comments, and we'll talk talk the talk together for a few minutes. Or not, if there's not any. Not too many of us today, so. Comments, insights, teachings of your own? No? Come on. It's always lovely to hear. Ah, right. <laughs> somebody, somebody once said that hearing, you know, when the teacher gets up in front and says, okay, we talk about the Four Noble Truths, that she said it's sort of like when you take a loaf of bread out of the oven, you know. It's really, really basic, and it's nothing fancy, you know. It's not chocolate decadence or something like that. It's just bread. But there's something very wonderful about it. <laughs> Okay, well then we'll stop.
Let me make a few announcements. One is, did, did anybody come yesterday? You did. Was anybody here? Um, there were three of us. There were three of you. Yay. Good. Okay. So beginning yesterday, we have something happening here every day of the week, except for Saturday on a regular basis. And Saturdays, of course, often have things happening as they do this week. So we have two more noontime sittings, one on Mondays and one Friday at 12.15. And, um, and then every Sunday at 9.30, there's going to be a sitting. Up until now, it's just been the family practice Sunday. Sunday canon, it's not all on that list. So that's the old list, unfortunately. All of this is posted on the website. So, and there will be, sooner or later, flyers that have the full schedule. Um, there's also Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock for any of you who would like to join Dan and Ann Zweig and a few other people. It's a pretty tiny sitting, so um, come to that if you'd like. This week, um, there's a number of other things happening. Bob Stahl on Friday at 10 is doing an introduction to his 32 parts of the body class that will continue on Fridays at 10 throughout the year. Um, and if you're interested to find out what that's about, this is your chance to come without being part of the class. Friday evening, um, Donald Rothberg is giving a talk here on um, the Dharma and democracy. So I think given what's going on in Burma and Bob's extensive experience in Burma, actually, this could probably be a very interesting talk. It will be from 7 until 9 here. And then... Um, the next day, he's doing a day long from 9 until 5 um, called The Work That Reconnects Developing Skillful Responses to the Needs of the World. So Donald's a wonderful teacher. I recommend him to you. And um, I really encourage you to come. If you don't know him and you're kind of curious, come Friday night, and then you can make up your mind about Saturday if you'd like. So that's happening this week. And then um, there is the um, Committed Students class. That's coming tonight and the only other thing I'll mention is that a week from Saturday a week from Sunday on the 14th I'm teaching a day long a yoga and vipassana day long with Victor Dubin who teaches at the Om Room over here so that should be fun and um, a good day and I hope some of you will join us I think that is a breathtaking whirl through Mm -hmm. events please What's your name? My name. Ah, <laughs> I forget to do that sometimes. I assume you all know. Uh, I'm Mary Grace Orr, and I'm the guiding teacher here at the Pasadena Santa Cruz. And what is your name? Colette. Colette, great. Anyone else here today who's new? Uh, my name's Adam. I haven't been here. I just came back today. The last time I was here was probably seven or eight or nine months ago. Great. Welcome back. I'm Kevin. Kevin Weston. I haven't been here for years. Well, I know there was one other person here who had come back after not being here for a while, so I was feeling grateful for the space and all the work that people have put into making this space. So, Can you say any more, Mary, about your Tuesday night? Um, the Tuesday night thing is, is a once-a-month group for that's called the Committed Students Group. It requires some retreat practice in order to be have be in it or connecting with me and we'll be working with the Eightfold Path um, inquiry, some reading, that kind of thing um, one, one Tuesday a month for the next counting tonight nine months 
Starting at what time? 6.30. There should be a flyer over there. And you'd be welcome. Okay, any other announcements? Please, Chief. Just to remind everybody, there's two donut baskets now? I believe the altar (laughs) basket is still out and it has a little bit in it, so we'll... It's still there today, but it's right. going, so... There's the one, one for the teacher the teaching, and the second for the saga and for the expenses related to the saga. And the third one is for uh, a fund for a new altar that is going to be for our Okay, I'm just going to turn this off. We don't need to... Hmm.